six of our Who Do You Think You Are series. And for the last six weeks or so now, we've been talking about this idea uh, uh, that who we think we are, who we believe we are, affects everything about our life. And there's been this little formula that we keep revisiting over and over again that basically says this, that our beliefs determine our decisions and our decisions determine our outcomes. Belief determines decisions, decisions determine outcomes. So if you and I want to see our lives different, if we want to bring about life change in our life, it's not enough for us to just focus on outcomes. It's not enough even to go to the decision level and just try and make different decisions or be a better person. We've got to drill all the way down to the belief zone of our life where where our, our beliefs are who we think we are because the world, the culture we live in has been working overtime to try and convince us or tell us who we should think we are. But what we're discovering in this series is that the Word of God, the Bible, has some very different things to say about who we should think we are than the world around us does. And so if we're ever going to see different outcomes in our life, see our life change the way God wants it to and become everything God wants us to become, we've got to drill down into those beliefs and dig some of those false beliefs out and replace them with who God says we really are. So that's what we've been doing. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about the fact that we are more than conquerors, that the Bible says that you and I are not defeated, but we are indeed actually victorious. And as followers of Jesus, we can live victorious lives. We've talked about how the Bible says that we are sons and daughters of God. It says we are children of God. Yes, indeed, that is what we are. The Bible says that, that we are friends of God, that we're not just slaves or servants or, 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 or our relationship with God has not been reduced to a boss and employee sort of relationship, but in fact, we are friends of God. And then last week, Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama was here with us, and he talked about that we are eternal. That as long as you and I are living our life for the temporal zone of our life, as long as you and I are, are, are trusting or trying to, to trust in temporal things to make us happy or to make us fulfilled or bring satisfaction to our life, we're never going to live the life God wants us to live. We're always going to come up short. But when you and I begin to change our thinking, our belief, and begin to live our life in light of the eternal, in light of the fact that we are eternal, all of a sudden everything else changes. So today, I want us to look at one more we are truth of the Bible. And it's found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because today we're talking about the fact that we are a part of the body of Christ. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to take it out at this time. And actually, I want you to take out one other thing. When you came in today, you were handed a bulletin. And inside that bulletin was a puzzle piece. Can everybody just reach in, grab that puzzle piece, pull out that puzzle piece, because I, I want to draw our attention to it, and hopefully over the next few minutes of our, of our time together throughout this talk, I would love for you to just hold this puzzle piece in your hand. Now, those of you watching over the internet or listening over the internet or whatever, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> except that we all got puzzle pieces, and it's really fun. So uh, anyway, if you're here in the room, I would love for you to pull out that puzzle piece, because the Bible makes an incredible uh, parallel between this, this concept that we are pieces of the puzzle, if you will, and being a part of, of the body. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Have you ever gotten a puzzle, like a thousand-piece puzzle or whatever, and you spent several days or several weeks, you know, in different increments of time, putting together this puzzle only to get to the end and realize that you're missing, like, one piece? Anybody? Come on. Anybody? Okay, Wow. Wow, 
such pain, such pain in the room right now. Such, such, that's such pain and, and bitter. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than getting to the end of a thousand-piece puzzle and recognizing that you have a hole, recognizing that you're missing a piece. <laughs> and, and no matter how amazing the picture is that all of those 999 pieces have come together to make, it's interesting how our eye is always drawn to the whole, not picture that you can have 999 pieces in the right place but me missing one and your eye will go to the hole well I, I want us to use that illustration today as a springboard this this idea that we are pieces of a divine puzzle that God is putting together called the body of Christ so if you have your Bible turn with me to the book of first Corinthians chapter 12 if you don't the verses will be on the screen around me you'll be able to follow along and I want us to to look at one verse to springboard off of and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is laid out kind of interesting because Paul waits until the end of the chapter to make his, his punch point. And, and then he uses the entire chapter to kind of fill it in and, and build that up. So what we're going to do today is we're going to start at the end of the chapter, uh, verse 27, and then we're going to rewind and we're going to fill in some of the blanks. Because look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. He says this, now you are, there's our you are statement, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a piece of it. Each one of you is a part of it. See, when we enter into a relationship with God, we not only become sons and daughters of God and adopted and chosen by him, we not only become friends of God, let in on the master's business, but when you and I enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we become a part of the body of Christ. In other words, God has given every single one of us a divine puzzle piece uniquely created to fit with all of the other puzzle pieces in the body of Christ. Now here's, let me make a distinction real quick. When the Bible talks about the body of Christ, there are a couple of different angles on this. The first reference to this idea of the body of Christ, if you will, is the universal body of Christ. In other words, every person in the entire world who's ever put their faith in Jesus Christ is a part of the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ with a big C, the universal church of Jesus Christ. But more times than that, in the, in the New Testament, when, the, when it's referring to the body of Christ, it's actually referring to a local expression of the body of Christ. In other words, a particular, specific, local church. So, uh, 1 Corinthians is actually not a book at all. It's actually a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians. Paul was writing to a specific local church. If it were today, he would be, you know, it would be called 1 Fort Myersians or something. Because he's, just like us, we are a local expression, a specific expression of the body of Christ. And so the Apostle Paul is writing about our puzzle piece in terms of the body of Christ specific to not universal body of Christ, which it has its implications, but more specifically, the local church expression of the body of Christ in a particular city or region uh, of, of the world. So I want us to, to look at four things. If you have your bulletin, I'd love for you to pull it out, maybe follow along there. You can follow and track with my train of thought. Four things about being a part of the body of Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first one is this. Number one, together 
we form one body. The first thing I want us to notice about this idea of, of being a part of the body of Christ is that together we form one body. Look at verse 12. He says, the body is a unit, speaking of the human body, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. And then it says this, so it is with Christ. I love that the Bible uses the human body as an illustration. I mean, in my mind, one of the most amazing miracles in the entire world is the human body. I mean, think about it. Scientists, biologists, doctors have studied the human body literally for thousands of years, and yet they're still consistently coming up with new discoveries and new medicines and new things that will work with the, I mean, the human body is crazy with all of its systems and organs. I mean, what is up with the spleen? Right? Or, or the liver. Come on, that's gross. But it's real and it's a part. And they're the appendix. Right? I mean, to think about the human body with all of its complexity, what a miracle that is. And so it's only fitting that God would compare his church, the body of Jesus Christ, with our human bodies. And I want us to, I want us, I want to say something. Here's what we need to understand about how God has created us. We are not designed to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus alone. Let me just, let me just pause right here. See, our faith is personal, yes. But our faith, according to the New Testament, was never intended to be private and here's what I think. If you want to make Christians ineffective in the world, just get them isolated. I believe that one of the greatest tricks of the devil in our day and age is to get us to think that we don't need each other. To get us to think that we don't need to be a part of a local church. That we don't, that I can just, well, I'll just watch sermons online and I'll just read books and I'll just study the Bible by myself. And you know what? That's all great and good. But we are never going to become everything God wants us to become unless we are throwing our puzzle piece in with other puzzle pieces. Unless we're a part of a small group. Unless we're a part of, of a local expression of the body of Christ. God has designed us to be one body. He wants us to be one body. You ever know somebody who like had a surgery or whatever like had their appendix removed, and for whatever reason, they asked the doctor if they could have it. So like you come into their house, you know what I'm talking about? Some of us have friends like this or former friends and like this, and you come into their house, you know, and you're like, what is that in the china cabinet? They're like, oh, that's my appendix. Isn't that cool? No, it's disgusting. Why do you have your appendix in a jar in the china cabinet next to your plates? that you got on your wedding day. Not only is that disgusting, but it's ridiculously ineffective, isn't it? And yet, how many of us know somebody who's going, I don't need a local church. I don't need to be in a small group. No, I got it. I got it. It's just me and Jesus, and that's enough. 
Is it possible that when we say that, when we think that, when we believe that we can become everything God wants us to become without a community of believers around us, when we believe that, is it possible that we are no different than the appendix on the mantle? Paul writes and he says, guys, we are the body of Christ. We, we need each other. We are in this thing together. Number two, if you're taking notes there, I want you to notice that we are all designed to play a different part. According to 1 Corinthians 12, we are all designed to play a different part. Look at verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15, he's speaking of the human body. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Verse 16, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. In other words, what Paul is saying is there are no unimportant parts in the body of Christ. There are no unimportant pieces of the puzzle in a local church. Every single one of us play an integral part to the picture God wants to create with all of our puzzle pieces together. And isn't it the most amazing thing that, that, about a puzzle? That the minute you put like all of those thousand pieces and you arrange them, it takes you days or weeks to do it, that the minute you put all of those pieces in the place where they belong, all of a sudden the individual piece disappears and only one big picture appears. And see, I believe the very same thing is true in the body of Christ. That when every single one of us take our piece that we've been designed to play, and take it off the mantle, and, and take it out of the frame, and put it on the table and say, put me in. My piece matters and is significant to the, to the picture we're trying to create. I believe that when we all do that, that what God does is he makes all of our individual pieces disappear, and only one piece, one picture appears, and that is the picture of Jesus in love with a lost and dying and hurting world. See, each puzzle piece is unique. Each one of us have a different part to play. And, and he says in there, you know, the foot can't say to the hand and the ear can't say to the eye that I don't, because I'm not that. No, 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 listen. God has made you exactly who you are. And maybe you're here today and you've looked at your puzzle piece for years and you've believed that it was insignificant. You've believed that, it, that your piece of the puzzle didn't matter. You've believed that your piece of the puzzle was, was something to just be discarded. Can I just tell you today, that is, that is the furthest thing from the truth according to God's word. That he has created every single one of us to play a different part, to offer our piece of the puzzle into the grand picture that he's creating through us as a local church. He, he goes on in verse 21. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, look at this. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, what's the word? Look, are indispensable. He says the parts that, that you think you're just an ugly spleen, listen, he says you're indispensable to the picture. And man, was this, this was so powerfully and beautifully played out yesterday downtown in our communities. I walked around downtown watching over 230 of you orange-shirted ones serving in hot sauna conditions. 
And every one of us were playing a different part. There were, there were some of you who were, who were at the registration tables, and there's just mobs of people standing in line for hours before. And you guys were champs, man. You're just filling out the registrations and getting the wristbands and doing the deal. Others of you, you worked in the food tent. And it was, all, it was awesome. I was over there uh, yesterday just kind of high-fiving people and telling everybody thanks for serving. And all of a sudden, like, the, the cooks came off with, like, this big pan of hot dogs. And all of these people are standing around this table, you know, waiting at the food thing. They're just talking and stuff. And all of a sudden, like, the hot dogs hit the table. And, like, all ten people just go, and just, like, they're like, I whipped out my phone. I was like, I got to take a picture of this. This is all, and all of the orange turtle was just like, done. I'm like, that. I put it on Facebook. I'm like, that's awesome. You guys had it down. I think of others of you, and you were hosting games and standing next to bounce houses with smelly, sticky kids diving in, diving out, putting on shoes, taking off shoes, making sure they put on the right ones. Every single one of us, others of you, work in security, making sure that workers got back and forth to the parking lot the way they needed to go and making sure everybody stayed safe. Others of you were behind the backpack tables handing out backpacks to kids. Thousand backpacks to children who desperately, desperately need them. There were some government officials down there yesterday watching everything that was going on, and the thing that they kept saying to me and to so many of our team was, I, I can't believe it. This is so organized. And then they said this, and everybody is so happy. You know why? Because when we take our piece off the mantle and put it on the table, there is a fulfillment and a joy and a satisfaction that comes. And every one of you who were downtown last, uh, yesterday in your orange shirt know exactly what I'm talking about. And every one of us were indispensable to making yesterday such a huge success for the residents of the communities we've adopted in this city. It's awesome. It's awesome. N number three, back to 1 Corinthians, what Paul is saying. Number three, we're responsible, notice, to honor every part of the body. We're responsible to honor every part of the body. Verse 23, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Verse 24. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. In other words, there are no unimportant parts. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Here's the point. God wants us, us, to pay special attention to the parts of the body that nobody sees. Listen, it's easy to, to look around at the, the musicians and the singers on this stage and be like, they're the important ones. It's easy to look at the pastors who are up front or whatever and go, they're the important. No, 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 listen. Paul makes it very, very clear that just by being visible, we've received our honor. 
He says, you gotta, you gotta go seek out those parts of the body, those, those pieces that are less seen, and make sure they understand how vital and indispensable they are to the picture that we're creating. And I think about the environments that we're creating here at South Fort Myers High School every weekend. It's incredible to me, incredible to me, to see so many of you, dozens and dozens and dozens of you, who serve. I think about the, the, the workers who right now are taking care of babies in our babies in, in, in class. I, I, think about, I think about the workers who are in the two-year-old's class right now. Come on, stretch your hands out. Jesus, we just pray. Lord, we just pray. Lord, just peace and joy. Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, if you have a two-year-old, you need to amen louder than that. <laughs> Guys, I think, about, I think about so many who are serving right now and serve every Sunday as small group leaders for our elementary age group who are committed to investing in the next generation and making sure that the word of God is alive and relevant and real to elementary age students. I think about our, our workers in our morph environment, our middle school environment. Never is there a more transitional, important stage than middle school. And so many of you have caught the vision to invest and then I think about our hospitality teams who every week you're here serving and loving and, and greeting at the front door and you open the door and the cool goes out and the hot comes in and you're kind of stuck in the middle being like, ah, sticky. But you serve and you love people and you high five and you shake hands and you host new people who come in who've got children and you say, can we walk you around and give you a tour of the environment so you feel safe and comfortable with where your children are gonna be today. I think about our hospitality who stand behind the kiosk and try and sell us cell phones. They don't do that. They just try and first, second, or third make us feel welcome and it just looks like a cell phone, kidney, kiosk thing. Never mind. That joke was so much better first service. Wow, wow, tough crowd. I'm good, I'm good. I got my vest on. <laughs> Peace, brother. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't help but think of our coffee bar team who serves and gets, some, some of our coffee bar team get up at 4 a.m., 4 a.m. to make sure you and I have hot Starbucks and donuts ready to go. I think about our setup and teardown crews who are here way early and stay way late to create these environments. See, it's easy for us to look around and see the singers or the musicians or see the pastors or the guys up front or whatever. But the Bible says we need to seek out those people whose pieces are a little more hidden that nobody ever really sees. There's one lady actually in particular who serves our church, and none of you will know who she is. And for over four years now, she has, quite honestly, single-handedly made it possible for us to do everything that we do on the weekends here at South Fort Myers High School. See, because four years ago when we approached the school and said, man, we'd love to use your facility to hold church in on, on the weekends, there was a lady who's a custodian here at the school named Judy. And Judy stepped up and she volunteered and she said, you know what, I, I will not only work my Monday to Friday like I do and deal with, you know, some umpteen thousand teenagers who are here Monday to Friday and all of the detail and difficulty that goes with that, but I will give up one of my two weekend days to make it possible for this church to meet in this high school. And for over four years now, Judy has 
given of her time, and listen, it, it, trust me, the, like the overtime pay, <laughs> that motivation wears off pretty quick after four years. But see, Judy understands something that so many others of us understand as well, and that is God has given her a unique piece to the puzzle that is this local expression of the body of Christ. And she's willing to take her piece off of the mantle, put it on the table, and look what God has done. Judy, are are you in this room right now? I, I think that, is Judy in here? I caught her in the hallway and I said, Judy, are you, is she here? Judy, stand, will you stand up, please? Stand up, Judy. Come on, I know you don't like it. Countless souls, countless lives have been changed for eternity because Judy said, I get it, and if God can use my peace, then okay. That's the power of putting our peace on the table and saying, okay, God, I want to be a part of the body of Christ like that. And number four, we can do together what we never can do alone. We can do together what we could never do alone. We're back to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Here's what we need to understand. God's intention is that each and every one of us would know what our puzzle piece is, how God has created us to be, and we would offer our peace to the local church. And we would offer our peace to the local expression of the body of Christ. So what do we do with this? What does this mean? Here's what I think it means. Three things. What are the applications, the challenge points, the the takeaways for us today? I think in three areas. Number one, I want to say this. Listen, God is about to do something huge this fall. I can't even begin to tell you that this, this thing that I have and we as a leadership team have in our spirit, this witness in our spirit, this strong urging in our spirit, and Pastor Chris confirmed it again last week, that what God is doing at Next Level is unique. And that this fall is going to be huge. And God wants every one of us to not miss it. Listen, God wants us to take our piece off of the shelf, put it on the table and say, put me in coach, I'm ready to play. That's what God wants for us. So how do we do that? Very simply, we wanna make this as easy as possible. In your bulletin, we gave everybody a serve card today. And many of us, we've seen this before. Listen, this is the easiest way we know how to give you an opportunity to take your piece off the shelf, put it on the table. 
These are, these are some strategic opportunities. Listen, if you're not serving anywhere at Next Level Church, I'm just telling you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. We need your peace on the table because of what God is going to do this fall. In the coming weeks and months, guys, I'm just telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Don't miss it. Get your peace on the table. If, whatever that looks like. Listen, if you're techie and all, all of this production stuff, check the box. Throw it in the offering. The coffee bar. Man, if you want to help create relational environments, check there. Our middle school. You've heard me talk about set up and tear down. Listen, if you're up early, well, come on in. So are we. You might as well be here. Offer you our kids zone, our hospitality teams, creating the friendliest church in America. There are other opportunities there. Listen, this is your opportunity to take your piece off the shelf, put it on the table, and say, let's create a picture together. This is your opportunity to do that. Secondly, let me say this. What's the application for this? Here, here's maybe, maybe you don't know this. In the last six weeks, since we started this series July 11th, in the dead middle of summer, our church has grown by over 75 families in six weeks. Yeah. Conservatively, that's somewhere, conservatively, between 100 and 150 new people who are calling Next Level Church their home. And why is that important? That's important because those were previously disconnected people who are now becoming connected into the local expression of the body of Christ. That's, that's the win, whose lives are being changed, who who's, are opening themselves up to, to a relationship with Christ and growing in Him like never before, which by the way, if that's, if that's you, what's your step? Um, refer to number one. Listen, you don't have to have special training. You don't have to buy, have a Bible college degree. Just, just jump in. Fill out the card. Put it in the offering. Boom. That, that's, you, can, you can be in. Throw your puzzle piece in. But what does that mean? Here's what we know. We know that if people don't connect after coming into an environment like this, they'll disconnect pretty quick. And so as you heard Pastor Scott say we're, this in a month, in September... We're launching our fall semester of our connection groups. There is no more strategic and yet easy on-ramp for people to find relationship, to connect, than our connection groups. And so we need some of you who are next levelites, who, who get the vision to take the step to lead a connection group this fall. That, that, that is your piece. We need about 30 new leaders to make it happen. As Pastor Scott mentioned a few minutes ago, we have a leader training today at 1.30 at the warehouse. And if you can be there, be there. Even if you can't, here's what I would do. I would write in on your card, just write connection group, count me in, connection group. And one of our connection group coaches will contact you this week. And what I love about our connection groups is that they're interest-based. So you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a great teacher. You don't have to, you know, lead a Bible study. Listen, we want to create groups around things that you're already passionate about or interested in. So the greatness of the philosophy of our connection groups that I just love is whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're already doing, we're simply asking you to add intentionality to it so that we and you can invite others to come along with you. Here's what we know. We know that if you're passionate about something, there's a better than good chance that several others who call Next Level Church their home are probably pretty passionate about it as well. They're just waiting for someone, you, to step up and lead. And here's what I know. I know that there are many of us today, and that is your next step. God's calling you to take your puzzle piece and say, okay, I need to step up and lead a connection group. So serve, 
lead. And my mind goes in one other direction in terms of the challenge of all of this. And it's this, guys, listen. God is strategically positioning us as a church to accomplish greater things, we sang about it at the beginning of service, than any one of us has ever imagined. God is calling us that when we put our pieces together and our individual pieces disappear and one giant picture appears, the picture of Christ, God has positioned us as a church to make an impact, not just here in our city, not just here regionally in Southwest Florida. God is positioning us, you guys, to to make an impact in the lives of so many people across our country and around the world. There's a verse in 1 Peter, and it's not on the screen because I just threw it in this morning, where Peter's talking about this very thing of everybody offering whatever gift they have to offer. And he uses a word in there. He says, when we do this, it's as if, it's as if God puts this picture together and it says, join a team. Put our peace on the table. And help create a picture of you loving Lord Jesus that our world desperately needs to see. Lord, we thank you for your nudging. We thank you for your leading. May we respond today. In Jesus' name. And all across this room, everyone said.